Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story all about management and their scheduling. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, prove that you injured your leg? Sure. In my country, we have a tradition that when we finish elementary school, we jump in a fountain and splash around. I managed to mess that up by falling and injuring my leg. When I looked at my leg, blood was seeping through my sock. My leg hurt for days and I avoided walking and standing. Another thing you need to know is that bus drivers are not gentle with buses at all. And buses are falling apart and rattling, so riding the bus while standing is very painful. Now, the story... I'm going to my friend's place in the suburbs and the driver decided to use the entire speedometer. When I entered the bus, it was empty. So I sat in a seat that isn't really for older people or people with special needs, but it's not the narrowest either, just enough space for my legs. After 20 minutes, the bus became crowded and at one stop, this woman entered. Americans would call her Karen, so I'll call her that too. Karen was around 50 years old, and as she was looking for a seat, she noticed me, probably because I was the youngest. The conversation went like this. You young people never give up your seats for older ones. I said I would, but I injured my leg. The Karen replies, excuse, get up now or I'll force you. I say, I'm not lying, my leg really hurts. It hurts even when I sit, let alone when I stand. Karen tried to pull me up, but I weighed 75 kg even though I didn't look it so she couldn't budge me. She says, prove it. I say, what, should I prove that I'm injured? She says, yes. I say, okay. I took off my shoe and sock, which was incredibly painful in front of the whole bus, and also because I pulled it off abruptly, a scab came off and it started bleeding. The whole bus fell silent, except for a woman talking on the phone. I said, are you enjoying watching my feet? She got off at the next stop. I don't know if out of embarrassment or because it was really her stop. I just told the onlookers not to ask me anything and put on my headphones. I got off the bus a few stops later and, walking like a zombie, reached my friend's place. My sock was even bloodier by then, but it was worth it. Edit, the foot wasn't at that bad shape. I made a full recovery in two weeks. It was just really painful the first week. Incident happened one day after the fountain incident. I mean, I kind of wish OP got it checked out or whatever, but I guess I'm glad that it seems it all healed up. I mean, was it like really badly bruised or was it some kind of like maybe fracture that OP kind of just let heal on their own? Either way, in situations like that, I wonder what the bus driver thinks when somebody like OP gets on and sits in those kinds of seats. I suppose it's not really their job to question, it's just kind of their job to drive, right? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, stay in my lane? Okay, but it'll cost you. A few years ago, I was the primary faculty advisor and chair for admissions to a highly competitive health science program at a small public college. While that may sound impressive, it's basically a way of saying I was the lowest on the totem pole, but had all of the responsibility overseeing admissions for the program. In order to try and make the department even stronger, they added a new degree option to that health science program that largely overlapped with existing classes. 
In fact, the only change they had to make was to add one 8-credit hour course to make the new degree option. Since I was so low on the totem pole, I had no part in the process for this, but as the tone advisor, I had to learn all of the ins and outs of it so I could advise students and potential applicants. Because of this, I found a problem where the new class was added to the course schedule and added to the college catalog, but it was not officially added to the new major. This would cause trouble for financial aid and, down the road, when they apply for graduation. It may seem like a small thing, but if it's not officially required for the major, financial aid won't pay for it. I pointed this out to my supervisor, who thanked me for catching it, and asked me to inquire about how we correct this. So I sent an email to someone, middle management, who might be able to help, asking questions and proposing possible short-term solutions until the curriculum committee could meet to make the changes official. After the email, there was silence for a week. Therefore, I sent a follow-up email. The next morning, I received an email from one of the VPs chewing me out for overstepping my bounds, trying to make changes I didn't have authority to make and a reminder that they know how to do their jobs and that I was expected to stay in my lane. This email included my supervisor, multiple deans, two department heads, and another VP. Fine, I dropped it. I was already looking for other jobs and ended up leaving the following year, so what do I care? Fast forward three months, we were about 10 days away from this new class starting, with the first cohort of 10 students in this new degree, and I started getting phone calls and emails from all over the place. The problem I pointed out still hadn't been fixed. Now, the financial aid and registrar's offices are dealing with angry students who just found out each will have to pay for an 8-credit class out of pocket. Both departments were reaching out to me asking for help to get this fixed before the VP found out. I just forwarded the email I received from the VP with a message. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. ...message that I was instructed to stay out of this and that their bosses were aware and that I was not to be involved. It's officially not my problem, and to anyone who might say I should have helped helped and not screwed over the students, you're right. Unfortunately, there is absolutely nothing I can do at that point. That's why I tried to address it months ago when I could have helped. The proper way to make this happen involves making the proposed changes to a committee. Then, those changes would have to be approved by the executive board. For various reasons, this could not happen between then and the start of the class, so the VP contacted the state chancellor's office to see what kind of work around the state would approve to get this done now. However, the college was denied any exceptions. 
In the end, the college ended up having to swallow the cost of this course for all 10 students. I don't remember how much it was, but it was no less than $25,000. Well, I'll tell you what, next time something like this happens, OP is going to get a lot more attention. I'm willing to bet going forward, OP will have almost no trouble getting their concerns across to people and getting a reply. Our next story is malicious compliance from over 80 years ago. My grandfather was tall, handsome, and charismatic, but he was also a womanizer, alcoholic, and petty thief. This story takes place in the early 1940s during World War II. Grandpa had a tendency to act out whenever he didn't get his way. Fortunately, he tended more toward dramatic gestures than physical violence, and one of his dramatic gestures was to claim that since no one appreciated him, he'd just enlist and go off to war. He was young enough to enlist, but old enough to not have been drafted. He'd then write a letter to the draft board, volunteering to serve, and leave the letter out in plain sight for a few days to make sure that everyone saw it and felt bad. He'd then quietly throw it away once he'd felt he'd made his point. One time after he pulled this stunt, Grandpa couldn't find the letter to toss. He asked Grandma if she knew where it was and she said, Yes, I thought that you wanted it mailed, so I put it in the post yesterday. It appears that Grandma had had enough of his hysterics and decided to call his bluff. According to my dad, Grandpa was beside himself for weeks, until he finally heard back from the draft board. Fortunately for him, they denied his application because he was a farmer, and they needed him to continue producing food. That was the last time he pulled that particular stunt. Kind of a classic case of be careful what you wish for. Probably a pretty good wake-up call to knock off this dumb behavior and save everybody else the stress of that. Let's be a little less dramatic and attention-seeking, shall we? Our next story is, it doesn't pay to snoop, then accuse the boss. First, some background, I own a tanning salon and it's open from 9am to 9pm every day. There are usually 5-6 to six girls working part-time there, and the pay is $12 an hour plus cash commissions on the things they sell. Packages, lotions… It's worth noting that it's a small, non-chain business in a college town. All of the paychecks are kept in a drawer, in individual envelopes with the employees' names on them taped shut. They pick up their envelope on payday, and it's worked well, except for one instance. One employee decided to open everyone's envelopes to see their pay, and she was livid that one girl was getting paid $2 more an hour. Instead of just asking me about it, she decided to blast the employee group chat and accuse me of ripping them off, etc. Before you think the same thing, it's worth noting again that this is a college town with all college-age workers, which for my particular salon, it has meant it's very hard to consistently have someone who wants to close weekends. They're all usually going home, have plans, want to study, etc. I try to be super accommodating, and I work around everyone's schedules to the best of my ability. If someone says they cannot work, I do not ask questions, I just accept it and plan accordingly. So the reason this girl made a little extra was because she offered to close both days every weekend because she didn't mind. She didn't want as many week hours, so I offered to pay her a little extra because it was so difficult a lot of the times to schedule that. Plus, those two days can be a little slow, so commissions are usually not as good. I guess the girl who snooped never bothered to look at the schedule to see if there was maybe a reason that girl made a little more, even though she really didn't because she worked so few hours. Cue malicious compliance. I explained the situation to all of the girls. I told the snooper that since she was right, totally a ripoff, I would make sure to fix it. I started scheduling both the snooper and my weekend closer every weekend night for the next three weeks. 
I really only needed one person working, but I'd done a terrible wrong that... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market needed to be made right at the extra pay for the snooper of course i would have done it longer but she apologized and said she was totally fine going back to how it was because she wanted her weekends back and the extra pay wasn't worth it i guess we could have decided that together if she had just talked to me in the first place instead of jumping to conclusions although you had to give her extra pay it's kind of payback to her for her going around creating unnecessary drama to have to work these weekends and these nights A little bit of communication would go a very long way. This next story is, the scheduler and management refused to let me switch schedules after scheduling me to close at 11pm and open at 5am. Okay, I'll call in, and the other bookkeeper will not answer her phone. Several years ago, I was a bookkeeper for a huge home improvement store. As a bookkeeper, I arrived at 5am to prepare for the store opening and or stayed until 11pm for closing. There were two of us, but for some reason, the scheduler and management would have one of us close and open the following day. We had a part-timer who worked four to six nights a month because she was in school. She did not open. The other bookkeeper closed and opened without complaining, but for me, that was absurd. Leaving the store at 11pm and returning at 5am is unreasonable. We spoke with the scheduler and management to no avail, so whenever the schedule came out, we switched if one of us was scheduled to close and open. The scheduler and management noticed but kept quiet because someone was there to do the work, although they continued scheduling us to close and open for years. Eventually, we got a new scheduler and manager who wanted to flex their authority over all departments and demanded the other bookkeeper and I work the printed scheduled hours. We maliciously complied. The following schedule had me closing and opening. I closed and called in the next morning. They tried calling the other bookkeeper, but she didn't answer. I asked her not to respond. The part-timer couldn't work because she had school. No one else was trained in bookkeeping, not even management. This meant they needed to contact me for instructions on opening the store. I was paid a minimum of 15 minutes for each call they made. If the call exceeded 15 minutes, I was paid a minimum of 30 minutes. You get the picture. By the end of the day, I was paid for a full day. After that day, neither the scheduler nor the management said a word about which bookkeeper was working, regardless of the schedule. Obviously, the solution here was simple. Either let them do what works for the store, or you need to hire some more people because nobody is going to want to work at a place till 11pm and then come right back in what, 2-3 to hours of sleep max? That bookkeeping place is going to be in big trouble real quick if they wanted to try to keep that up. Our next story is forced to self-checkout revenge. I hate self-checkout at grocery. There isn't enough place for a full grocery and the weight detector doesn't work half the time. So I go once and all the checkouts are closed and I have to use the self-checkout and there's two employees supervising the customers. They take a long time to react each time the device bugs, to check age when you scan alcohol, etc. So it took me about 15 minutes to get a cash. There was 10. 
Now, here you have to pay for plastic bags and now you even have to pay for paper bags. At that time, not all places charged for the paper bags. I knew they did. At the end came the question, how many plastic bags did you take? Cue malicious compliance. I knew it meant all bags, but acted like I didn't. I only took three paper bags. So I pressed zero, then didn't ask for paper bag. This time the director slash owner reacted quickly. You had to press three. You took three bags. I said sorry, but it asked me how many plastic bags. I thought there was another question for paper and thought they weren't the same price. He didn't believe me and so she scanned an article to test it and then they saw the question. Next time, make sure the proper question is asked or, even better, don't force people to self-checkout. Saved only 15 cents, but it was worth it to see his face. Never were people forced to self-checkout and now the question is about bags, not plastic bags. I think just about any other person in that store seeing what went down would say the exact same thing. I mean, if I were there and the question popped up and it said, how many plastic bags did you take? I'm pressing zero. 15 cents is 15 cents as long as it doesn't come out of my bank account. I think the real problem here obviously is there's some kind of like standardized third parties checkout register company. I mean, it's probably not just a trivial thing to put in a request to get all those scanners changed around so they ask about bags in general. They do just enough maintenance to make them work well. And that's about it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.